0: And we're live.
1: Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on Becca's World for another episode of The Blind View. I'm your host, Blind Becca, joining you from Blue Butterfly Enterprises headquarters in Arizona. And we have Vic joining us from Canada right now, and some other people may be joining us later on. How are you today, Vic?
2: Not too bad. How are you, Becca?
1: Oh, I'm good. Um, do you have something burning in your heart you'd like to talk about today, Vic? Other than I the subject hate... we were talking about before we went on the air, I mean.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hate fireworks holidays. I absolutely hate them. Oh, you do? And I don't hate them for myself, but I hate them on behalf of my dog. My guide dog So do you guys
1: light hate... off fireworks in Canada?
2: Oh yeah! Yesterday we had Canada Day yesterday, and it's a fireworks Is that holiday.
1: Independence Day.
2: And it's sort of like it. It, it was the day. It, it it was actually formerly known as Dominion Day. Uh, okay. It was the day we broke free from England and gained our autonomy.
1: Did you guys We're have to still... fight a war against England like we did?
2: No. No, we just, uh, it was just something we enacted. Oh, great. You guys proclaimed it. (laughs) But um, essentially, what happened was uh, we just asked the king, uh, the queen, to let us go and let us be adults Mm -hmm. on our own. It didn't work.
1: She
2: said, okay. It was, she said, okay, but it kind of never worked. But um, so you
1: guys are still under. I, I'm I'm really haven't had a chance to study still, history in over thirty years. So
2: we are still under the Queen's rule. However, we okay. make our own laws. We don't have to follow English laws.
1: Do you pay taxes to England?
2: We do have access to England, yeah. But like I said, I mean we still you, have to I said pay you do
1: on. do you pay taxes?
2: Oh uh no. We pay tax. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. I don't know that offhand. Uh, we pay taxes to Canada now, whether Canada gives the bitch something or not, I don't know. Hey, Britain. <laughs> I can't believe
1: you called the Queen that.
2: Well, I'm allowed. <laughs> We're independent.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: But uh, no, I hate. You know, it's like everybody just decides to do fireworks on those days and it, you know it's new year's eve independent uh this canada day uh hell we even have fireworks on your independence day which is totally useless <laughs> to us and
3: well and- you guys
1: probably have a lot of americans who are living up there but i was gonna ask though because like we, we have fireworks to commemorate but we actually fought we fought with muskets and you know what i mean guns there was actually fire sent back and forth in the battle our revolutionary war and my understanding is that's one reason why we light off fireworks to commemorate that but you guys since you never had a battle like that with england i'm just asking why you guys would have celebrate that way
2: but wasn't i mean wasn't july 4th uh based on the war of 1812 and not the civil war
1: The, the july 4th is based on the revolutionary war that july 4th is the founding of our country that was the day that our forefathers wrote the declaration of independence and declared and sent it to the queen and told her that oh, okay, we weren't gonna okay. you know pay her taxes anymore and let be under her rule anymore that's so when we declared right. our independence now after that was when we went to war with england because the queen didn't like queen or king or whatever it was at that point didn't like that. We had said, we're not going to listen to you anymore. And we're not going to pay taxes and we're no longer your subjects.
2: Right. 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 Okay. Okay.
1: And, and so I was just asking how you guys got away from Britain without having to go through the same stuff we had to go through.
2: Well, I honestly don't know. I mean, I, it's been so long since I was in school, <laughs> but I mean, I just. Probably cause I haven't cared that much. I honestly have oh, always
1: loved history. So,
2: have you? Well, I mean, I that's not to say I don't enjoy history, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it isn't pervasive in my life. It isn't something mm-hmm. that I mean, it's bad enough my memory as it is. I'm Okay. Mm-hmm. How old are you roughly? In your 30s? Oh, no, I'm
1: in my mid 40s.
2: You're in your mid 40s? Okay, so your memory hasn't yes, gone. And
1: how, yet. how old are you, Vic? I am 50. No, how old are you, Vic? 50. Okay.
2: Yeah, I'm 50. Yeah. And my wife's even Sorry, older. Is your
1: memory gone?
2: Oh, my memory sucks okay. big time. I mean, it sucked for a long time.
1: Okay.
2: I mean, I honestly uh-huh. am afraid. Well, that... you know,
1: so. So. I have short-term memory loss. So right. I, I don't have the best memory either. But when I'm talking about history, like I grew up learning, right? I grew up mm-hmm. learning history. And I grew up, you know, one one thing I've learned over these past 30 years since I went blind in 89 is I learned that looking back on history, you know, they say if you if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. But I've mm-hmm. learned that if you look back at history, not only can you learn from it so you're not doomed to repeat it, but you can actually learn a lot about who we are as a people and what we're made of inside and what our abilities truly are. And so if you can learn that, you study history of all humanity, not just your family history, or not just your, your tribal history, or not just your, your like history of your country, the whole world's history, right? If you do as much learning as you can about when it comes to history and religion and the way people think, have thought throughout history and stuff, and why people have done the things they did, you can learn a lot about how to not make those kinds of bad decisions and how to make the better decisions. Where You know what I mean? How and do you so feel I just about... feel like I use history to try to make better decisions in my own life.
2: How do you feel about Greek mythology?
1: I love Greek mythology, but I haven't had a chance to study Greek, you know, Greek Roman mythology. I've always loved it, but I've never had a chance to to study it. I'm still, I'm still trying to catch up on all the learning I was, I lost out on after I went blind in '89. And you lost um, out. I'm I mean, sorry, I no. think I'm. Per- oh yes.
2: I mean, we're gonna get to this during well, our interview so- at some point, but I mean, I'd love to know how you lost out.
1: Yeah, that reminds me, I've been trying to get a hold of you. So I went blind in 1989. I was blinded and I was severely brain injured and I was paralyzed on the left side of my body. And I was, at the time I was living in a small town farming community in north central Montana, just 99 miles south of the Canadian border. And that's where I spent most of my life. I mean, I grew Mm -hmm. up there, right? I grew up there before I went blind at the age of 12, and after I went blind, I continued living there. But after I went blind, I was a straight student before I went blind, and I was active in after school extracurricular activities, and I was a baby, you know, I babysat for several families in my community, and I was my mom's right arm around the Mm -hmm. house and with my younger siblings and stuff. And I mean, I was had the world before me and my teachers always said, I was so smart. I could do whatever I wanted with the rest of my life. Nothing stood in my way. And then in April of 1989, um, it was when they discovered that I had a lemon-sized brain tumor on my brain and they did emergency surgery to remove it. And I lapsed right. into a full coma. And when I came out of the coma it was when I was blind and brain injured and all that stuff. And wow. then, um, i to to get to even get out of the hospital they got me they gave me gave me intense physical and occupational rehabs to get my leg working so i could walk somewhat and get my hand working again so i could you know do some stuff right but when i left the hospital i was barely able to dress myself right and when i got home my parents were supposed to continue the therapy and it didn't Really, continue like it was supposed to, and I was sent back to public school without a cane, and I was falling down the stairs at school, and I was having lots of other accidents because my parents were also forcing me to walk out into the city, um, which was gravel roads, um, no. which were snow packed at times, which sure. had like r- ruts in them. So, like, I I remember walking through the city streets in Hingham, and like trying not to slip and fall because the street was all slush and partially frozen snow in some spots. And there were times when I did fall, like I'd be walking to school and I'd bite the dust and I'd wind up, in, wind up in a puddle and my clothes would be wet, but what was I supposed to do? I had to go to school. So I'd go to school and by the time I got to school, I was pretty much dry, but I'm sure there were like those mud on my clothes and stuff. And there were times when my teachers would ask me about it, but what was I supposed to do? My parents were co- clueless that there was anything wrong with me. They acted like I was excited just because I, well, I was totally blind at first, but by the time that first fall started, I was already starting to get some light perception back. And, mm-hmm. like, as soon as I got any vision back, it was like my parents and my teachers decided, oh, now we're going to make her try to use this limited vision. We're, she's no longer a totally blind person. We're going to try to make sure this limited vision is used to its, you know, full aptitude. And because of that, I really struggled through school. I, I could barely read. I could barely write what I did write. I was bar- barely legible. Um, I My brain injury was also really bad. I couldn't remember anything. I couldn't, you know, to be, become organized or to try to, you know, just everything was bad and it was all because I was denied the the tr- rehab for the brain injury and my parents wouldn't let me learn to use a cane and I wasn't allowed to learn Braille and so going to public school after I went blind was a nightmare and for all these years I've been so angry at my parents and The teachers at the school, the superintendent, all of these people conspired because it it was going to cost them money. It was going to, they were going to have to put some effort into doing some research to find out what tools were out there for someone like me, right? The school district had never had a blind child before. Mm -hmm. And because it was too hard for them, none of them made any effort to do any research and get me any assistance. Instead, they all just pushed me through that damn public school all those years. And the day I graduated from high school, Vic, I couldn't read, write, or even cross the street. Do you realize how helpless I was? I was so angry at my parents and my teachers at that point, right? Because they'd done this to me for years, and they robbed me. And, and I wanted to be a teacher before I went blind in 1989. Right. And you know what I decided, I'm going to teach. I'm going to teach the world about what they did to me, so they don't do it to anybody else. And the sad can thing I is, this is you, happening to children out there right now. What?
2: Can I ask you? Is this hard for you to talk about?
1: Oh, it's not hard for me to talk about. Um, I'm very angry about it, and. That's why I opened my company, and I'm writing books, and I'm speaking out about. No, no, sorry. I,
2: feel I, I want you to know I, I'm asking you this not because of, uh, well, one because I want to make sure you're okay, but uh, secondly because you, you're you're like crackling and stuff, and I wanted to make sure that it wasn't. Oh. You're feeling yeah, okay. bad or something like that. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah, I'm fine, Vic. But no, it was. I'm
1: really passionate about this.
2: No, I can tell. Yeah, I mean, have you ever met Beth Tarazi?
1: I've never heard of Beth Tarazi. Who is she?
2: Uh, she is actually someone who went through more or less the same issues you did with uh guardianship and stuff like that. I actually interviewed her on one of my first uh. I actually nominated her, actually, as for a VIP challenge. I have to contact her about that, yeah. and uh, she actually. Yeah, went she through didn't the...
1: respond when you nominated her.
2: Yeah, I don't think I. I actually have to. She went. Let her know, yeah, but um, I apologize for that. It's my go. It's my bad. Um, but she went through the same issues you went
1: through. So, Vic, can I? Vic, did she escape from her guardianship?
2: She did. Or is she still locked
1: under? You said she was in a guardianship? Oh, good for her. She
2: was, yeah. She was in the guardianship in Florida uh, as opposed to yours, which is in Montana.
1: Yeah. Well, I've met people here in Arizona who are locked under guardianships. I've met people in Washington state. I've met people in Minnesota state. I've met people all over this country, just in passing people that I've been visiting with. When they find out about my experience, they share theirs or I find out about theirs. So I share my experience with them. Right. Just in conversation. Right. 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 And.
2: Uh, oh, yeah. Beth, but, Becky. Uh, sorry, not Becky. Beth. Is uh, I don't know why I keep mixing up her name with yours, uh, but Beth is just as passionate as you are, if not more so.
1: Um, oh, I'd love is, to talk to her. Do you have, her? yeah, number? no?
2: Well, I will definitely get her in contact with you, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I will send her your email and stuff like that because I, I really think you two should get together. Um, if anything, one because in Florida now. I'm sorry?
1: So you said this happened to her when she was in Florida. Is she still in Florida or is she in Canada? or Do you know where she is?
2: She is in... uh, Come on, you can do it, Vic. Um, I know she's on the West Coast. Okay. The same as you. Um, Okay. But uh, she did start off in Florida. That's where her guardianship started off
1: yeah, you know, I think I've seen her. you know how when you're on Facebook and you're scrolling through different groups, you see people's names, even though you've never mm-hmm. talked to them. I right. think I've seen her name so because the name sounds really familiar.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, she is very passionate, just like you are. I actually had her on a couple of shows on my channel. Uh, and she I included her on a roundtable discussion of guardianship and whether. Uh, people with disabilities had a right to control
1: their lives. Oh, I'll tell you why she's so passionate and why I'm so passionate, Vic. Because we're literally survivors of a really horrible experience. It's like, so these people who come to the United States from these horrible communist countries like Cuba and stuff, these people who are fleeing uh, these horrendous circumstances and stuff where their right. rights are being violated and and they're living in fear. Mm. I lived like that under my guardianship for a long right. time. And so that's why I am so passionate to help other people get out of their guardianships because I can understand the, the trauma that some of these people are going through. And I've met some of these people, right? And so Beth, I'm sure, has the same passion because she experienced the same stuff and had the same struggle getting out of it. Yeah. And and like I said, it's similar to what these people who come here from these communist countries are. They're so passionate because they've lived through a communist nightmare. They've lived through the experience of having their rights taken away for years. Just like I have, just like this Beth has, and just like Britney Spears has. Right. And so many other people.
2: Can you describe the sort of restrictions you had? Just some of them, not all so, of them, just a well, few.
1: So what they did, when they first locked me down under the guardianship, they stripped me of my identification. They stripped me of my cash. They stripped me of my credit cards. They stripped me of my cell phone. They took all of my identification from me and all of my money and all of my Access to my property, and they took away my ability to communicate with my contacts on the outside, and Hello. they gave my property. Hi, Jim, is that you?
3: Oh, I'm in. Hello, hi there. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jim.
1: Hi, Jim, we're having a conversation right now, so.
3: I I was listening. I was trying to connect for a while, but sorry about that. Hi, Vic. Okay. How are you? Good. Go hi, ahead, Jim. Becca. I'm glad you All made right. it. Thank you.
1: Okay, so yeah, so initially initially that's what they did. They took away my identification and my my uh cash that I had on my person and my credit cards I had on my person and my cell phone. And then on larger level, like they like I said, they seized my property. The state mm-hmm. of Montana seized my property and gave it to a effing lawyer who my mom had appointed my guardian in a in a, um, an emergency court hearing late one night in Havermont, right. And this guardian was the same lawyer that my mom used to fight the federal government when I was a kid. So there were all kinds of conflicts of interest in this, and yet it was done to me in a secret court hearing late night. And, and so the whole thing, to me, just screams of corruption. And when I, in 2004, when I first lost, I went to court to try to terminate that guardianship. In 2004, when I finally got out, worked because I CCTV actually died while I was reading through a bunch of legal paperwork in preparation to go to court in 2004. And so as soon as I got out of court, my new guardian gave me money so I could buy a new CCTV. And the first thing I did was I read the bill of rights and when I was reading those was when I realized every one of those rights had been violated to me at different points during the administration of that guardianship. And you guys, you don't have to be a lawyer to see how illegal these guardianships are. All you have to do is read the law and then go stand up for yourself. You know what how I mean? Because they, that's what how, I did. Yes, I was a the lawyer too. Anyway? But
2: I mean, I have to play devil's advocate here.
3: How come they allow legal guardianships if they're not any good?
2: Uh, because people with disabilities aren't supposed to make their own decisions.
3: Well, I'm sure that's not what they
1: yeah, say. Yeah, that's it, Jim. See,
2: that's not what they say, but that's the mentality. They, but what they, is they better-
1: they they, yeah, they they take away the disabled person's property and their rights to make any of their own decisions, Jim. Like, literally, those fifteen years I was locked under that guardianship. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I was signing checks, but my signature was completely invalid. The guardian who was appointed over me, he had my power of attorney, which means you know my signature only meant when he signed my name
3: so don't you have to and give up your power of attorney uh, uh you know voluntarily in order for them to have it or
1: oh no it was it was taken from me by the state of montana in that emergency court hearing late that night in Havre, Montana, in february of 1997 it was really corrupt but these guardianships are corrupt and you guys i'm telling you this is my ultimate goal with my company is to tear down those guardianship laws and i'm going to do it i am building an improvised explosive device in the form of a movie and when i release this movie the whole world to see how corrupt these things are Uh, and then i'm going to congress and i'm going to get them overturned
3: are there any uh, because the
1: only way to free everybody at once is to get the law changed
3: is there any reason for these guns is there any good to them at all
1: so in 2004 when i first when i went to court the first time to try to terminate the guardianship even though i didn't succeed in terminating the guardianship mm-hmm. i was able to talk the judge into letting me get a new guardian and my new guardian actually got to know me and my family and the real situation and he was my guardian for like another 7 years or so it was a total of 15 years I was locked under the guardianship. But during that period of time, I actually had two guardians. The first guardian was an, a- either or not, because he was a monster to me. I believe he was misusing my funds. He wasn't letting me have funds for anything. I was living below the poverty level. Well, he was. Him and his attorney friends and my freaking parents and all these ponies of theirs were bilking me every month for all these fees, right? They're robbing me behind the scenes while they're ganging up again at all these meetings and 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 tearing me down and refusing me the treatment that I needed. The stuff went on for years, right? Even right. before I wound up under the guardianship, because I was a minor child and after they settled that lawsuit in 1992, they didn't give me the training they were supposed to give me. My parents just stuck me in my bedroom yeah, and yeah, and you, left me there for years. You, you
3: didn't answer my question, though.
1: What?
2: Is Our there is there any positives yeah, to be to, to guardianship. guardianship?
1: So my so my so my new guardian, the guy that became a guardian in 2004. The first guy didn't have any experience with guardianships he should have never been appointed my guardian in the first place but the second guy who became my guardian in 2004 his name was victor valgenti and vic is a wonderful man um vic had been a guardian for people before so he knew how to be a guardian and he knew how to do it the right way and he knew what the law said so the first guy was abusing me because his only intention was to protect the money and not protect me And so the first guy, even though he he probably knew he was supposed to be protecting me, he didn't give a damn. And so all those years I suffered, but the new guy that took over in 2004, he was a good man. And he didn't Mm -hmm. let me exercise my rights and let me start learning. Like during those years when I wanted to, because during those years, I actually tried some school. Like I tried massage school and I tried. um, Yeah,
3: but you're saying that the doctors do have some value. That's what I want to know. I mean, you can go on the telephone. No, and tell us about, no, they. But you they just don't said the, guardian, the second guardian you had was a good man. You said he knew how to do things and he let you. I. So, okay, so,
1: Jim, listen to me. The second, the second guardian was not a monster the way the first one was. Just because the first guy was a monster doesn't mean he was a good guardian. And just because the second guy was a nice guy doesn't mean the guardianship was necessary. The new guardian agreed with me that the guardianship was not necessary. He helped me overturn it in 2012.
3: Okay, so it the wasn't your parents. Oh, hold on, who's, hold who, on. Who
1: steal the property of their clients?
2: Hold on, Becca. I think I and just let because. Me, let me feel this for a second. Yeah, Jim. Under certain conditions, a guardianship is necessary where the person does not have any. Uh, I forget that any kin for example, that can essentially help them or manage any part of their lives mm-hmm. because they're n- unable to do so on their own. So uh, does this mean they
3: also don't have the mind to determine whether or not yes, they want the in, guardianship? In most
2: in most cases, yes, that is the case. Guardianships tend to uh, pretty much subvert a person's well will. They will. Yeah, free will. Um, Is that what their intention is to do? Usually, but not overtly, though.
1: Not to the extent. Not to the extent my guardian was.
2: Yeah, for example, in Becca's case, there was no need to do that. All she needed was a little training in in ADL and O&M and stuff like that, and she would have been perfectly fine on her own. Right. But others who are, for example, a quadriplegic, for example, who has severe brain damage, doesn't have that ability, so they have to be assigned a guardianship in order to be, uh, well, have a good quality of life, so to speak. So it's a question of competence, yeah, a person's yeah. competence, yeah, and and like I said, I mean, it's it's particular to each individual case because each individual case is different in becca's case obviously there were issues that should have been explored uh however in others cases there may not be issues that need to be explored and the guardianship is necessary as opposed to just being
1: so well just put in place Here's the problem with these guardianships is they're very impersonal. And so the night that they locked me under this guardianship in that emergency hearing, it was supposed to only be a temporary guardianship for six months. And that night in court, they assigned this lawyer to me who was supposed to represent my rights and supposed to explain to me what was going on, right? He didn't explain to me that night. And then six months later, when I was taken back to court, when that temporary guardianship was about to lapse, That guardian, that temporary guardian, had himself appointed my permanent guardian, and I had no, zero representation on my behalf that night. And that, I feel, is where they screwed up, because they dropped the ball. And I wasn't, I couldn't represent myself yet. And that was the night that guy was, appointed. he had himself appointed my full permanent guardian, like I said.
3: And so 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 these
1: laws need to change, because they can't do this to people.
3: You know, well, you can't. Now, that's what I'm asking. I mean, yeah, you had a, a an exception to the rule. I mean, that guardian was a terrible guy. He didn't know what your second guardian knew. But uh, do they need to really okay, be changed? Jim, well, well, listen. Let me let me let me finish first. Do they need to be changed? My, my my dope? case. Do they? You're need confused. To be
1: but you're confused. They need to be changed. Yes. Okay, and my so case was only an exception to the rule because I escaped from it. Mo- a lot of these guardians are abusive like my first one was. A lot of these guardians steal from their clients like my first one was. A lot of these guardians do this stuff <laughs> and these people that are locked under these guardianships are powerless to do anything about it, Jim.
3: Well, That's the um, problem.
1: Am, and you can maintain their any... rights while locked under the guardianship.
3: Okay, so I know that Uh, Some things about the laws of guardianship need to be changed. But as Vic pointed out himself, it is a valuable thing for those people who cannot do for themselves what you can do. So we don't need to get rid of them. We just need to make changes, right?
1: we need we the guardianship the guardianship laws as they're currently written need to be torn down and rewritten because as they're written right now they're so big that these lawyers use them all the time to trap people into these guardianships who aren't really incapacitated just so they can see their property and run them ragged for years like they did to me they never wanted me to get out of that guardianship they planned to keep me out of that for the rest of my life and that's why i mean that's how these things work they're so hard to get out of and you look at people like Britney Spears. She's yeah, having I was the same problem getting up. out of her guardianship.
3: Yeah. What? Yeah. I was going to bring her up. But she yeah.
1: Did, did. And that's a perfect example. Britney's going through the same nightmare I went through for 15 years. She's perfectly competent to take care of herself and make her own decisions. But she's got these lawyers and her father and some other people, all of them conspiring against her
3: yeah well i really uh, hope the uh,
1: lawyer read the email that i sent him the other day
3: you sent her lawyer an email
1: oh yes yes gino oh. like i prepared the email and gino helped me the other day look up this guy's email address
3: uh-huh.
1: um and yeah i sent it to him i actually called i called his office that he used to work at or does still work at and i talked to a lady there and told her what i was wanting to do and so she gave me his direct email address so I could send it directly to him at his private email. So,
2: you know, there was a there was a, a uh, but yeah, that email, there was a movie release not too long ago called "I Care a Lot." I don't know if you watched that, Becca. Huh.
1: I haven't heard of it. What's it about?
2: Guardianship and how a woman is abusing her role as a guardian to build these people mostly elderly people out of money like crazy. And at one point, the one woman that she does build uh, ends up getting the upper hand on the woman because she ends up being a mob boss's mother. It's actually a black comedy, but I mean, essentially it, it, dictates... Uh, I mean, Beth loves the movie because of what it illustrates in terms of guardianship. How it's so corrupt and how people can abuse it to the extreme.
1: So is Beth the one that told
2: you about that movie? Uh, yeah, and I actually reviewed it on uh, one of our first Friday film features. Yeah. With her, actually. Oh, okay. So... Oh, okay. Um, i mean it's it's it, i i can um i I don't know how much vision you have becca i'm
1: twenty four hundred in my right eye and in my left eye, I just have light perception basically
2: okay, so do you like described
1: movies? I love described movies, but i just before I started writing um i watched I preferred descriptive shows right. Right. But since I started writing and especially since the quarantine, when I really became a writer during the quarantine, I must—I mean, the only reason I pay for my cable package much, each month is so I have access to Fox News. I really don't have the attention to sit down and watch a two-hour movie because the only thing I want to focus on <laughs> is my writing these days. Right. So
3: right.
1: I, I, okay, even though well, I have it, I really don't watch it. So,
2: I mean, after the show, I'll, I'll send you a link of where you can actually watch the movie with description. Okay, that'll be good. And maybe I don't know how you feel about it, but yeah, I mean it's it's a great it's a good movie. It's it's like I said, it's got its moments definitely, but uh, it was something that Beth thought outlined very vividly how bad these guardianships can go wrong. And she has no idea. Oh no, she has an idea. (laughs) I I, I mean,
1: I. can you please put me in touch with Beth? Because I really want to compare notes with her, dude.
2: Yeah, no, I will. I will. I will definitely put you in touch with her. Um, I have to ask okay. you, though, given your experiences, how does it mm-hmm. def- differ from a strict upbringing? For example... How does and my
1: how do you mean? How does being under a guardianship differ from a strict upbringing?
2: Yeah. You, well, your guardianship, okay, for so, example. And now, hold on. Let me say this: my sisters grew up with very strict parents. I mean, my my best friend's sister had to come to our house to see her boyfriend because her parents simply wouldn't let her go out. With him, Mm -hmm. right, Uh, and that is the case for most Portuguese females who are raised by Portuguese parents. Uh, In fact, a lot of European uh, parents raise their female children like that, where they are given strict, and I mean fairly strict rules, where they can't spend money. I'm confused. Are we? Go ahead.
1: So this Beth, is this Beth your sister and she's from Portugal?
2: Or no, 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 here? no, no, no. I'm just asking you, as a devil's advocate, how does it differ from a uh, strict upbringing? How does your bad Okay, so guardianship... first of all, I became... So,
1: differ from I mean, someone who doesn't sister's... have guardianship?
2: I mean, my sisters were perfectly capable of doing, of doing their own. Does your sister have stuff.
1: a? Does your sister have a guardianship? No. So why do you keep bringing her up? I'm confused. Like, so I uh, do you want me to tell you about my guardianship and why I feel it it was no, violated no, just, my rights and why I feel it was different?
2: Well, honey, we just spent the last half hour hearing about your guardianship.
1: Okay, so 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 tell me what you're asking. Then your question to me directly please and then let me answer it
2: okay basically my two sisters and paula grew up in similar situations where they weren't allowed to do anything because my parents were strict and i mean strict really strict to the point where Their freedoms were literally curtailed because they, you know, simply because they were Portuguese women, Portuguese girls growing up in in that sort of environment. So how does that differ from your situation in the sense that how... Are you you wanting to know
1: how... Okay, so are you wanting... Okay, I think I know what you're asking. Okay. I I I grew so where I grew up in Montana. There were Hutterite women that were growing up in a very strict strict environment too, and right. and I grew up in a, a small farm community. So our growing up, even for the girls around me who weren't disabled, their their growing up was not as free as it was for the girls in the, the bigger cities and stuff. I'm sure. So a lot of this has to do with perspective, but. And so and that's talking about the growing up the years before you become an adult at the age of 18. I'm talking about what happens after you turn 18 when you're 20 and I I was 20 when it happened to me. And I don't remember how Britney Spears was and I don't know how old Beth was when it happened to her. But here's the thing when you're an adult already and then they come along and they take all your rights away. That's Mm -hmm. the problem, Vic because they take your property away. They take your rights away. They take your identity away. And then they leave you sitting there and you're like, what do I do now? And then you find out that that you can't do anything because you can't leave the spot you're at. You have no money to go anywhere. You also can't pay for any education because you have no money to pay for education. And the public schools are inept. I had found that out already. I graduated from a public school knowing nothing. Right. Right. So as an adult, I had to figure out how I was going to learn something to make myself valuable to the world. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I feel that my parents robbed me of that because of the stuff they denied me as a child. And then when after as an adult, when they drove me into that courtroom late that night and them and their their lawyers locked me under that guardianship and took my property and my identity and everything I had in life. And and, and then they made me rebuild a life under the scope of them making me jump through hoops. That's what they're doing to Britney Spears. They're making her jump through hoops. I've been watching these videos and they keep saying on the videos, oh, Britney Spears just has to give a better performance and then maybe they'll let her out of her guardianship someday. Well, that is bogus. Those people had me jumping through hoops for years trying to prove that. I was a good enough flying person or I was a good enough brain injured person that I had a right to live on my own. But when I read our Constitution, the first 10 amendments to the Constitution, known as the Bill of Rights, was when I realized that those freaking lawyers and my parents and the state of Montana were violating my rights. And that's why this is different than simply growing up in a household, with with strict rules because mm-hmm. I'm talking about you're already grown up and you're an adult, Vic, and they take your rights away.
2: Right?
3: Do you
1: understand the difference?
2: No, no, I understand the difference. I, I like I said. I mean, my my sisters had the same issues going on right up until their twenties until mm-hmm. yeah, they actually they got married adults. to their husbands. So I mean, even my 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 younger sister had. Responsibilities now. Whether she chose o- chose those responsibilities because of loving my mother or not, I don't know. But she did. She did feel like she had to take care of my mom for the longest time, even though my mom was the one who did most of the financing, did most of the house cleaning, uh, stuff like that at home.
1: See, Jake, I have no problem, quote, taking care of my mom. I love my mom. But I haven't seen my mom in years because I had to ex my mother and all of my parents out of my life, Jim, or Vic, because now they wanted me to take care of them financially. Them and their lawyers robbed me for years because they saw me as a blind invalid who would never know enough to enjoy that money anyway. That's why they your. And then as I was proving them wrong over those years and they started to see that, uh-oh, she's not really a blind retard. We got problems. That's when they locked me under the guardianship. Mm-hmm. And, and that's wrong. When they saw that I was actually coming out of the fog and out of the brain injury, they should have given me the tools they, I needed instead of stripping me of my rights. Right. And and that's why these guardianships are wrong because when you take people's rights away for any reason, it's just plain wrong. And that's what I want people to know. These guardianships are wrong. and Like I said, simply wrong because there's never a good reason to take people's rights away unless you're putting them in prison because they've committed a crime. And that's, you know, that's how I felt all those years. I felt like, like I had been accused of and convicted of a crime I didn't commit. And I felt like it was my parents and their lawyers that were accusing me of these committing some crime. But it was, there are always vague accusations that I couldn't, there was no way I could defend against them because they weren't even valid, right? Mm -hmm. I'd already been locked down under the guardianship. And so I didn't have any allies. I didn't have access to my property. And so, and like I said, so when this first happened, yeah, I couldn't, I could barely find my butt with both hands the night they locked me down under that guardianship because my parents, like I said, had denied me any kind of recovery care for my brain injury but after they locked me down under that guardianship that guardian gave me the training but the stupid thing was then he continued leaving me under the guardianship just so he could like bill me every month for years and years and years i should have been released from that guardianship before 2004 when i went there i should have been released from that guardianship probably in 2002 i think and the right. fact that I went, had to go to court in 2004, and then I had all my lawyers and or all my parents and their lawyers fighting me. I, shouldn't have uh, expected, right. I should not have experienced any opposition about getting my constitutional rights back in 2004.
2: Well, let me ask you, what was the justification? You said your accident happened in 89. Yeah. Yes? Okay. And what yes. happened in 89? In that How long did you lapse into the coma?
1: I was in a deep coma for two and a half weeks and then I don't know there's like so that fall my parents sent me back to school but I could barely walk but right. I was sent back to school and like I said so
2: I mean what was, was like, their justification just spot, girl who was I mean what was their I mean, it has justific-
1: justification listen this one
2: I mean they yeah. had to have no some one ever sort held of- them
1: accountable nobody ever said why. Really? Yeah, and, and so and when you say they are you referring to my parents or to the school district or to the lawyers or to the society I'm, I, overall well, I'm about, I am talking about – I are you
2: the judge had to had to approve the guardianship <laughs>
1: the judge was the was the biggest idiot of them all because at least my parents were living with me they knew what was going on at least the lawyers knew what was going on they were just all concerned about stealing from me the freaking judge didn't even have a clue what was going on that was the problem the judges shouldn't have had that control the guardianship the guardianship shouldn't even be able to be put in place because of the way to put in place it's it's all wrong it's all like it's um, it's corrupt from the beginning. It's malignant. That's where I'm trying to think of. It's like the foundation these guardianships are built upon is a malignant foundation to begin with because they they always say that they're going in there with the intention of protecting the person, but they always wind up serving the property and rights from the person. So right. it's like it's you you can't have you can't have it both ways, and that's why these guardianships just don't work because they make the victim the suspect, and that's what my guardianship and that's what Britney Spears' guardianship is doing, and that's what a lot of these guardianships do. I've only talked to one person who's happy in their guardianship, and I've talked to a lot of people just by happenstance. I actually, I talked to a woman who had just signed over her rights, and I talked to an elderly woman when I was living in Montana, a neighbor of mine, who had just signed over her rights to her daughter, and I was sitting there on the couch with Elsie holding her hand talking to Elsie and her sister was there too. And I said to Elsie, I said, Elsie, you didn't sign anything. Did you? And she said, yes, I did. She said, Patty gave me some paperwork and I signed it. And I said, Oh, I said, I said, you may not be able to get out of this. You know what I mean? And yeah. for Elsie, she didn't, her daughter removed her from her home. Her daughter sold her home out from under her, put her in a nursing home and Elsie was dead within like six months. Right. And, and the whole thing was sad and, but I saw, I sat with Elsie when it happened to her, I had it happen to me and I've met so many other people who've been locked under these things for years and who are trying to figure out how to get out of them. I actually told one young lady here in Arizona how I how I got out of mine and she was really interested, but I don't think she was gonna move on it because she was really scared. I think mm-hmm. the people that have a hold of her are really abusing her because she has no access to money or or a place to live unless they give her, you know, housing. So it's it's just these people, just because they are disabled or they something happened in their life or they're temporarily disabled. And these lawyers get their them, and the rest of their life is usually spent trying to get out of it. I was just fortunate. I figured out how to get out of mine.
2: You know, it's interesting. Before I went blind, I was managing a home where I would say about 30% of the individuals there were under PGT, otherwise known as public guardianship and trustee. And some of them, I thought, needed it. I mean, they were walking around essentially like zombies. Now, listen. And then there were a couple that didn't.
3: So,
1: Vic, what you're talking about, the public guardianship and trustee, those may work better than what I've been through and what Britney Spears is going through. Because I think there is a thing that's done on more of a professional level. See, the problem is the guy that became my guardian was my mother's friend and he was the lawyer that fought for the money. So he had all kinds of conflicts of interest. Britney Mm -hmm. Spears' father has all kinds of conflicts of interest. These guardians who get appointed where there's all these conflicts of interest, that's where the problems arise. But there are, I believe, professional guardians who, who don't get the same, maybe they have the same level of access, but because there's not all of the conflicts of interest, there's people that are keeping an eye on them. In my situation and in Brittany's situation, there's so much corruption because so many of the people around her are trying to take advantage of her, just like so many of the people who were around me were trying to take advantage of me.
2: Yeah, the PGT but there are, here is like I said, done I think through there the are, provincial government. There is
1: something, yeah.
2: Yeah, the PGT here is done through the Ontario government. And uh, they're brought in when when a person essentially has no living heirs to decide certain things for them. And that's why I thought, you know, in some cases, guardianship is necessary. It just depends on the type of guardianship, I guess, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, so there are times in guardianship, necessary. like if a person is truly in a vegetative state, but they have medical bills that need to be paid, somebody has to do that. That is right. who's truly incapacitated, right? Mm-hmm. But, and that's why I'm saying, so these, these guardianship laws need to be rewritten because I, like one reason it took me so long to get out of mine and why I lost the first time is because when I read the law, it's the lawyers wrote these laws, so they're very vague. And because they're so vaguely written, these lawyers are able to twist them and manipulate them. So I believe they could probably have anybody appointed label incapacitated just because of how vague these laws are written. If we have somebody write them so they're not vague, so it's very clear, like, for example, the person has to be unable to speak. The person has to be unable to walk. And you know what I mean? Do the basic things Mm -hmm. in order to be locked under a guardianship. That's what needs to be done. And it needs to be done to protect people like me and people like Britney Spears and a lot of other people I've met who have their, I mean, they have their basic abilities. Some of them need some help with money management. Some of Mm -hmm. them need some help getting their healthcare figured out, but those Mm -hmm. are the sorts of help they need. They don't need their rights and property taken away for the rest of their life, right? They don't need to spend the rest of their life fighting to get their property and rights back just because Mm -hmm. they need some help right now. get figuring out how to get the health care they need or getting the training that they need or whatever they've been denied by the people that surround them. Like my parents literally denied me the training. I really believe they're trying to hold me back. I don't think my parents and those lawyers ever wanted me to recover, but the night they had that guy locked under my garbage, they screwed up because they realized mm-hmm. he didn't want me living with him. What else are they going to do with me other than stick me in that TBI rehab program? And mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's what they've been denying me with that program. So it kind of backfired on them. And yeah, honestly, I mean, once I got the training, that I denied. Yeah. So
2: I I mean I have but a Did friend. you see
1: the problem, Vic?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I have a friend who okay. is essentially autistic and she has real problems mm-hmm. counting money, for example. Uh she's unable to do that sort of thing. Um Meanwhile, she's able to hold down a job as a crossing guard and, you know, I mean, things like that. She's got the ability to deal with life on a regular basis. It's just certain issues she can't do. Uh And while she's not under guardianship, I am worried about what's going to happen to her once her mom passes away. And is no longer able to look after her at that Uh point.
1: And see, people like that, they probably do need some level of guardianship or some level of assistance, right? But it's Mm -hmm. just, it's when they take you, take your rights completely away and strip you of your property and stuff. You know, to do that to a person and leave them completely helpless Mm
2: -hmm.
1: is just wrong. No, I agree. Especially when it's a disabled person who's already struggling. That's the kind of person you need to help them, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean, instead of stripping them of their rights and stuff.
2: No, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that, especially so if the honestly, person has, I, uh, only needs a certain adaptation in order to function independently. I mean, if that's the yeah, case, so honestly, then they don't need guardianship.
1: Yeah, so I'm promoting for the rewriting of the guardianship laws, and I'm promoting for more rights to be given to the... the um, Boards of guard of guardians so that mm-hmm. they're able to protect themselves when these guardians do what my guardian did to me, and what Granny Spears' guardian is doing to her, and what so many of these guardians should wind up doing when they run amok.
2: No, understandable. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no. so
1: there it is possible for a guard. It's possible for a guardianship to be productive and benefit the person, but it all depends on the intention of the guardian. Do you understand, right. Well,
2: right? not and it depends on what type of guardianship it is, of course.
1: Like what do you mean? Which which guardianships are you referring to?
2: Well, for example, living wills. For example,
1: a living will is not a guardianship. A living will is a document that has nothing to do with a guardianship. A well, living will is has to do of with of like, attorney.
2: Your... Is in power of attorney in an, in essentially a situation where a person is taking that right away from them.
1: So you're, you're, you're using these legal terms like they're all interchangeable, but they're not. Um, they're not. I know what a guardianship is. And so a living will is something that a person signs. So like, like if they die, it's, so their wishes are carried out when it comes to life support and stuff like that and who they want to be their trustee and stuff. But a guardianship is not that. It's not a document that only goes into play when you die. A guardianship takes your rights away for the rest of your life if you can't escape from it.
2: Right. Yeah, but a you living will is is not solely relegated to life support and issues of that nature. It's regarded to major decisions, even if you're just in line but to get but a living surgery. Will has nothing
1: to do with a guardianship, Vic? No. But a living will has nothing to do with a guardianship.
2: No. I so don't know. I. What is your question I,
1: about living wills?
2: Well, no. It just seems like the two are synonymous with each other
1: so
0: let me jump in here normally i would never jump no, in oh no guys.
1: there's a big difference okay
0: can you hear me yeah, yeah I can hear you. vic i want to clarify something because rebecca and i uh have both been through this process i've been through the process of establishing a living uh will and trust and mm-hmm. uh estate and we just helped becca do it the distinction i understand the way you're referring to a guardianship because part of creating this is Defining power of attorney, power of medical and a guardian. If a person becomes incapacitated, right. what you're failing to understand is the difference is Rebecca chose when you establish a living will. You are choosing yourself while you are cognizant, while you have capacity, mm-hmm. the person you trust the most in the world to look after your bene- your uh, uh, well-being. That is the distinction, because when you establish a living, trust, and will, you are superseding the court getting to appoint some stranger, some lawyer, whoever. Right, right. Does that make sense?
2: Yes, it does.
0: So that's the difference is Rebecca has a choice. And And now let me remove myself, sorry.
1: (laughs) And then under guardianship, you have no choices. The guardian has your power of attorney. The guardian your guardian can sign a living will on your behalf that that allows them to put you in an electric chair. You know what I mean? The, yeah. Like, my guardian, he literally, that first guardian, he literally had them take me to the hospital where they surgically implanted a device in my body to prevent pregnancy. That's kind of rights that these guardians can violate. It's wrong. I'm sorry, Nick. he what? He, he, what? When I So, before he was I'm sorry, did you actually of, have this ha-
2: did you actually yeah, have this yeah, happen he, to you?
1: Yes, yes. The, my first guardian, before he would let me transition out of the house I was living in when I got out of that TBI rehab program, he, uh-huh. he, he had them, well, the people from the program, take me to the Blue Mountain Women's Clinic where I was forced to get a Norplant put in my arm.
2: Oh what? I'm sorry, I don't know what. And that the is.
1: Norplant, it was, it was a Norplant. It was, I think, it was five. There were five or six little capsules. I could feel them in my left arm. I don't know if you can see, but our viewers can probably see. I'm holding up my arm right now and showing our viewers. It was right here. I can still feel the scar in there. And I, when the when the little capsules were in there from the Nora plant, I could feel them. They were really close to the surface. But there were six and little capsules Norcom? in there that they surgically put into my arm. it Well, it's a, they don't do them anymore because they're dangerous. But back when my guardian had them do this to me, like I said, it was... These six little capsules that they surgically put in my arm and those capsules were releasing hormones into my body to prevent pregnancy.
2: Oh. I I didn't even know that was available.
1: And you know, I was so angry during... Yeah, well, they don't do these neuroplants anymore because those little capsules were breaking off and going to women's hearts and killing them. But do you think that guardian gave a shit that it was dangerous? No. He just wanted to, to do that to me, Vic. that's another problem these guardians make decisions for the people that really are dangerous for the people because they really they're not living in my body they don't know Mm -hmm. what's going on in it they should Mm -hmm. not have they shouldn't have those rights over people that's the problem and so that's the difference between a guardianship and a living will or a power of attorney
2: Mm -hmm.
1: see a power of attorney Power of attorney is when your signature means something. So if you give your power of attorney to somebody, that means if they sign your name, they can sign your name on legal documents. So when my mother had this guy appointed my guardian in 1997, he had my power of attorney. So he could sign anything on my behalf. And I recently found out that he had himself put on, um, put on my uh, annuity as a benefactor. I'm trying to get my uh, estate planning done and, I can't do it right now. I'm trying to get my uh, life annuity policies that were awarded to me from that lawsuit when I was a kid. I'm trying to get them put in my own name so that mm-hmm. I can leave them to my heirs and my will. Because if I die right now, that Evan lawyer is going to get them. Do right. you know how wrong that is, Vic?
2: Oh no, I know. So I these can These are
1: the problems with these guardianships.
2: Right. Is Jim still here? Yeah.
1: And so now I've been spending like a month playing phone tag with U.S. attorneys in Great Falls, Montana, and trying to get this all straightened out, just so I can get my estate planning done. And I right. I really hope I can get it done soon because I'm tired of paying attorneys. I really despise attorneys. So
2: you hate attorney attorneys.
1: I have three attorneys I'm paying right now.
2: Oh, and you have
1: I, three. I, I, so listen, I've I've looked at my life. Uh, at different periods of my life I kind of judge at how I'm doing based on several things like how many doctors am I seeing right now if I'm not seeing very many doctors which I haven't seen doctors in quite a while several years in fact so Mm -hmm. I know health wise I'm doing pretty good now that I look at my legal situation how many lawyers do I have in my life right now I have three lawyers in my life right now and I despise lawyers right so I'm working on getting you know working them out of my life just like I was working on Getting the medical needs out of my life because to me, it's all part of be- healing and getting better at, is getting these lawyers out of my life, right? Right. And yeah, so I have an estate lawyer right now who's helping me with my estate. I have a divorce lawyer. I've got a another lawyer, uh, an a- entertainment lawyer, right? I think I may have one other lawyer that's working for me right now. So these are, but. but I despise lawyers, Vic, because of what they did to me with that guardianship in Montana for 15 years. You would not believe the lawyers I had sucking off, sucking from my account over the years, um, right. because when that, when that first lawyer was my guardian, he had all his friends billing me for this, that, and the other. Right. And then when I went to court, I had to fight all of them and I had to pay all of them to fight me because that corrupt judge was in bed with the guardian too, or I should say the guardian was in bed with the judge. So the judge was friends with the guardian. So when I challenged the, that guardian in 2004, the judge made me continue to pay that guardian his monthly salary that he put himself on. That was higher than my monthly income, and he made me pay not only my lawyers but the guardian's lawyer and the freaking bank's lawyer. Right. All of that. I had to pay all their costs to fight me. It really shouldn't have surprised me when that judge sided against me when we finally got to court. Um, And, you know, I still believe I'd probably still be locked under that guardianship if I had not stood on my constitutional rights in 2012. Because those lawyers and judges certainly weren't interested in really um, seeing to it that my rights were taken care of and that I was happy. Um, They were only interested in robbing me and keeping me locked down all those years.
2: So, I mean, the guardianship was in in conflict with your constitutional rights?
1: Yes, didn't you? Yeah.
2: So No, no, I heard that. I just wanted to confirm.
1: Like, oh yes. Yes. So if as I was reading the first Ten Amendments to the Constitution, which is the, our Bill of Rights, mm. I could like I was having flashbacks in my mind that day of all the ways that my rights had been like every one of those rights was violated at different points during that 15-year-long guardianship. That, you know what I mean? And I didn't yeah. even realize all those years I knew I was unhappy and I was miserable, but I didn't know they were violating my rights. But when I found out they were, that is how I finally overturned the guardianship was I just went to court and I, I had my lawyer tell the judge that, that I wanted out of that guardianship on the grounds that they were violating my constitutional rights. And that's what
2: mm-hmm.
1: why the judge let me up that day.
2: Right. Wow.
1: But yeah, and it was the lawyers and judges that were violating my constitutional rights. And they were the ones that were supposed to, pre- the lawyers were supposed to be protecting me. Like I said, one of them was my freaking guardian. And right. so and so think How about the it, much- it blind and brain-injured woman who read the constitution and pointed out to these idiots that they were violating my rights. None of them ever, it didn't occur to them that they were violating my rights.
2: I mean, one, listen, one thing that this movie that I told you about, I care a lot, outlined and i don't know if this is true and i want to ask you how much of this is due to ignorance and how much of it is due to corrupt actual corruption
1: okay so i believe my parents in the beginning i believe it started with ignorance right i know the years when they denied me treatment it was ignorance and fear because like they would turn away the people from visual services who came to our front door because they were afraid that if the state got involved, I would be taken away from them. So they were chasing the visual services people away. And Mm -hmm. then um, when the lawsuit was going on and I was going to see all these doctors and stuff, um, my parents were only lucky that none of these doctors ever said, wait a minute, why isn't she getting all this training? She's blind, right? For some Mm -hmm. reason, all those years they were fighting the, the lawsuit, and I was going to see all these doctors and therapists, and I've seen all these lawyers and these teachers and all these professionals, none of them, it didn't occur to any of them to say to my stupid parents, both of whom were high school dropouts, none of the mm-hmm. professionals ever said to my don't you think you guys should get her this training so she can live an independent life someday? No, they sat back while my parents denied me uh, the ability to use a cane. They denied me a direct to learn braille. They just pushed me through sc- school every year where I couldn't really learn much because I couldn't hardly read and write. And and I talk like an uneducated person, but it's just because I'm so frustrated. I'm actually a very well-educated person. and um, But that's why, I, I just feel no, like such an injustice was done obvious. to me because I was so highly educated, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and because of my story, I want this not to ever happen to any other blind child in America or anywhere in the world, for that matter. But especially here at home in America, there's no excuse for it. Right. Every child should be should be uh, entitled to a decent, at least, um, grammar school and high school education if not mm-hmm. college. But here in America, there's actually laws that say they're supposed to give you a college education that's that's um, accessible to you as a blind person. But I wasn't even given a, a grammar school in it. Well, my grammar school is okay because I was 12 when I went blind. But like, my high school education, I was robbed of a decent high school education because I couldn't read or write. And I really feel like my rights were violated even by my teachers back then and my parents and the freaking lawyers. Like I said, they're only concerned with how much money can we get? We have to prove that this girl is totally inept so we can get as much money as we can, right? right. And they proved to the government so well that it's completely inept. Then they locked me down under that guardianship for 15 years, you know? And if they had, if my mother hadn't had them prove I was inept, to get the money when I was a teenager, they probably wouldn't have been able to walk me down under the guardianship for 15 years when I was an adult. To me, mm-hmm. the whole thing reeks of conspiracy.
2: Hmm. I can understand how you'd feel that way, yeah. I mean, I'm just wondering, I mean, obviously that first lawyer was an ass.
1: And I, I suspect this Beth feels the same way. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, that first lawyer's only interest was protecting the money that him and my that right. first and I think, guardian I think his that's only it, interest was it? protecting the money that him and my mother sued for. Right. Yeah, it was a conflict of interest. Right. And, and these guardianships too often wind up that way. Like, look at Britney Spears. Her freaking father is her guardian. That's or I think he's actually her stepfather, but still, he's a parent. There's a huge conflict of interest.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because now, they can't so when I went to court. Yeah, the right. welfare of the person.
1: Right, and so my first guardian wasn't truly interested in my welfare, and that's why mm-hmm. the guardianship went so wrong. And I had to challenge it in 2004. But the guardian, the guy that became my new guardian in 2004, his name is Victor Valgenti. Um, Vic, like I said, he'd been a guardian previously, so he actually knew what the guardianship laws were, and he knew how he should treat a a person if he wants them to get better. And Vic's intention was to help me get better. That first guardian, like I said, his only intention was to keep me locked down and keep me from getting better. But Vic actually helped me finish the process of healing that I had started, you know, to whatever extent I was able to under the restraints of the first guardian.
2: Right. And I guess his his concern was your well-being, of course.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. Vic's concern was my well-being, and Vic actually came to my home and met my family and talked to my family, and 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 I went to Vic's office because Vic actually lived in Missoula instead of on the other end of the state like the first guy did. Mm-hmm. So the first guy not only was he hard to reach because of um, g- geography, but he took steps to make himself hard for me to reach as his client. Right. When I became uh, his board, okay. he didn't want, he really didn't want to hear from me. He only wanted to protect Mike. So all those years he had a, a he had a, um, case manager between me, he had, a, a person at the program between me. He had all these people between me and him that I was supposed to go through to communicate mm-hmm. with him. Right. right. With another, Sign, a, it's another red flag in these guardianships when the guardian isn't communicating directly with the person, but they need other people to communicate it on their behalf. That's a huge problem. The person shouldn't need a go between. If the guardian's gonna be like that, they just need to get rid of that guardian and just pay the go between then, right?
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the guardian should have uh, direct access to the client.
1: Yeah. And that was a big problem with my guardianship. Um, but, But the judges didn't really care. So when I finally, in 2004, when I got rid of that first guardian, in court that day when I was on the witness stand and the judge found out from my testimony that that the guardian didn't actually live in Missoula, he said, wait a minute, where do you live? Pete, that's what I'll call him because that's what I call him in my books. He says, wait a minute, where do you live, Pete? And Pete didn't want to fess up to the judge that he actually lived. Eight or nine hours on the other end of the state, so far from me that he couldn't even have any idea of what was going on in my life all those years. I had to pipe up and tell the judge, I said, Your Honor, he lives up in Haver. The judge was really upset with Pete at that point. And and so, yeah, the judge let me out of his guardianship.
2: So, wait a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm I'm a bit confused, okay? That first judge. That put you under guardianship. You're saying uh-huh. he was an idiot.
1: So you have to understand there were two different judges and there were three different court hearings. In 1997, you. the secret court hearing took place in. Both these judges are dead, so I'm going to mention their names. The first court hearing, the emergency court hearing, took place in. John Warner's courtroom in havermont Montana, and okay. then. I, they took me to Missoula that night in the middle of the night after they had peed up on my guardian, they drove me to Missoula all night. It was like a seven, eight, nine hour drive. They drove mm-hmm. me to Missoula. So the next morning, here I am in Missoula, and and they they put me in that uh, TBI rehab program that um that's my parents had been denying me all those years. So that mm-hmm. first guardian, when he locked me or when he put me in that TBI program and then just left, because he went, like I said, back ever. He put me where I needed to be, but he didn't care about me. He didn't stay in contact with me. He just collected a paycheck from my account for years while the, st- the staff at the program were running my life and sending him reports. And I'm paying right. them. You know, at one point I was paying the, hundreds of dollars a day for these staff members from the program to give me around the clock supervision. And they were documenting on everything I did and sending it to the guardian on the other end of the state, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: because that guardian was so disconnected from me. And it was because the judge was so disconnected. The judge didn't even realize, he didn't even realize for like seven years that this was going on. And then in 2004, the new judge was the one that discovered what was going on. And so then he let me get a new guardian that was local in 2004. And that was victor valjenny was my new guardian and vic Mm -hmm. is the one who helped me terminate the guardianship in 2012. vic and this other lawyer that i hired
2: right so i think it's a it's a distinction we need to make that not all lawyers and not all judges are that bad i mean the fact is only yes there are a handful that actually treat their ethics as paper
1: okay yeah but listen to me the issue is not oh not all lawyers are not all judges are too bad the issue is the rights of the lawyer being violated it needs to come to an end right nobody should be violating the rights of these words even if it's a lawyer that's not too bad or a judge who's not too bad right Mm -hmm. so i just want to keep our viewers focused on the issue here the issue is that the rights of these people locked into these guardianships and conservatorships are being violated. And yes, these right. people may need a little bit of help. So give them the help, but don't take the rights away in the process.
2: Right. Right.
1: Because it's, they're, they're like, it's like cutting off your nose to spite your face. You know what I mean? Or throwing it yeah, out the, no, I with get the that. bathwater. bath water. I'm sure yeah. you know what those sayings mean. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so, and, and it's, So that's what I'm trying to share with our viewers. And that's why these, not only are legal, they're wrong, but they also don't work. Because like I said, when you take a person's rights away to help them, that's not going to help them.
2: Mm -hmm. No, and I get that. I understand that.
1: So, anyway. Is
2: Jim still
1: here? I don't know. Jim? I don't know. I thought he was in here. Maybe he he got
0: kicked stream. from the stream uh, a while back, and he never came back in, so.
1: Yeah. okay. I was going to. Okay. I, I, so I, mean, I, I wanted to talk about, so I wanted to talk about something else, though. So this weekend is the 4th of July, um, where we're celebrating our Independence Day here in the United States. Um, on Ju- The 4th of July, 1776, was when our forefathers wrote the Declaration of Independence to England, telling them that. We weren't going to be under their subjects anymore. And that's why we commemorate this day. I want to tell my viewers that in January, um, I have another big anniversary coming up. In January, On January 25th, 2022, I'm going to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of the day when I terminated my 15-year-long guardianship I was locked under. So, so it was your
2: independence uh, day.
1: Yeah, my independence this is a big year for me because it's been, it's going on 10 years since I got my independence as an individual. Cause right. like, I want, I want my viewers to know just because you're an American doesn't mean you have all the rights as your brothers and sisters. I right. was a, an American who was locked under a guardianship and those Americans out there who are still locked under their guardianship don't have the rights to you and I have.
2: Oh yeah. And
1: so, and, um,
2: and it happens even I, in any society. I mean, the fact is, Look at what happened during the Second World War when they were uh, putting the Japanese into concentration camps right there in California.
1: Yeah. Um, And yeah, I know it happens all the time, but it still needs to change. And I'm still pushing for it to change. And I'm rooting for Britney Spears um, and everybody else out there who's locked under their guardianships. Um, Anyway, I heard... Doors to check out my books um, and my writings and watch my videos if you want to learn more about how I got out of my guardianship and conservatorship because um, I t- I like to talk about um, how wrong these are because I want people to know. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so so Vic, do you have anything else you want to talk about today?
2: Uh, don't shouldn't we take a break?
1: Yeah, let's take a quick commercial break.
2: Yeah.
1: Do you know- Hey everybody, great news! You can now get both of my books on Audible. My first book, Because You're Blind, is the story of how I went from that terrified little girl who woke up suddenly blind and brain injured at the age of 12 years old, and then years later was locked down under an illegal and corrupt guardianship in the state of Montana for 15 years. It's the story of how I defeated all of that and overcame all of that. And then my second book, Changing My Perspective, is how I use my own thinking to empower myself to change my life after all of that. And now today I am the founder and president of Blue Butterfly Enterprises, as well as host and creator of Becca's World on YouTube. And I have a lot of other great projects going on, but I just wanted to encourage you guys to check out the audible versions of my books because they're both good stories. And you can get, there's I have some free downloads of each book available. If you email me at info at bluebutterflyenterprises.com, I would be happy to send you a free download so you can check it out. Thank you so much for your time. And now back to the blind view. Okay, welcome back. Are you still with us, Vic?
2: Yeah, I'm still here.
1: Is Jim with us?
2: I don't know. Okay. I, I don't think he's come back yet.
1: So something interesting happened this week. Um, Bill Cosby was released from prison. Do you know anything about this, Vic? Do you have an opinion? Uh,
2: apparently, uh, Bill Cosby was released because some prior deal was made with the district attorney that was not revealed during the first uh, the initial trial. And so they had to uphold mm-hmm. that deal, uh, the original deal, which provided for no jail time.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I understand. Uh, so I believe like the original DA had struck a deal with him, but then the replacement DA didn't follow through on it. So right, and I suspect that probably happened several years ago. So because he probably served several years that he wasn't supposed to serve, so maybe well, he'll be able he to only, get
2: he only some retribution two years from actually. the state
1: for that. I see. I don't even know how long he was in there, but do yeah. you have an opinion on it though, Vic, because I've talked to a couple of people who who've expressed opinions on it one way or the other. So I just want to know: Do you have an opinion on it? Like, do you feel he shouldn't have been released? Do you um, feel
2: it was? I I feel he should not have been released solely because of his crime. Mm-hmm. Drugging a woman and taking advantage of her is just wrong in, on so many levels. Mm-hmm. And and you know the fact that he's getting off on that, or that a deal like that was even made, is just ridiculous on its face. Well, Having said that,
1: but the the fact that the deal was made by the other side is really not Bill Cosby's fault. That
2: no, that no, and, and 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 hey. that's. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, 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 I mean, I hate the fact that such a deal was made, and it tends to make me wonder why such a deal was made. Some, a deal like that should not be made ever under any circumstances. Uh-huh. No jail time should not be warranted, uh, is not, sorry, jail time should not be avoided in, in a crime like this. Because I think mm-hmm. it's dastardly.
1: Well, he John was not avoided. He's been in jail, but like for two years, I think you said so. Yeah, but um, I just.
2: But hold on, hold on. Here, let me, so let let me, me ask you, you this. Let me ask you this. Okay, but, I I I don't know if you've ever watched that show, Orange Is the New Black.
1: I watched some of the episodes. Um, I didn't ever. Honestly, that's the only show I've really watched in the last few years. But I watched... Like, last summer, I think it was... I watched, like, the first four episodes... And then I just got busy doing other stuff. Because it's on because Netflix.
2: During one, of, during one of the seasons... It was featured that a celebrity was put in the jail with them. Kind of like a Martha Stewart-type celebrity. And, yeah. you know... it. it that character... Uh, or rather, that Martha Stewart character was placed in a solitary jail with all kinds of, of uh, well perks and 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 stuff like that. It was like she was in the summer home, as opposed to an actual. Prison. Oh, like she was
1: in the country club.
2: Right, like exactly. the country club. Yeah, and. One has to wonder, I mean, what sort of jail time was Bill Cosby subjected to because of his celebrity status? But aside from that, one has to wonder how much of it was influenced by his skin color. Hmm.
1: Are you You mean how much of the fact that he was let out or the fact that he... Yeah, so are you saying that you think they pulled straight to let him out because he's African-American or that he might've been. No, 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 no. I'm saying about, I'm
2: saying about his tenure in the prison system. I mean, what kind of prison system, okay. or what kind of prison experience was it? A, because of his celebrity status and B, because of his skin color.
1: Um, well, I don't know what his experience was like in there, but I I doubt that he experienced a lot of violence because he's an older person like I I, I think his skin color is completely irrelevant here. You look at Bill Cosby, like I said, no, he's it an isn't. older person. What kind of
2: person? No, it isn't. Well, the skin color so is you, not so you, irrelevant at all, especially so, in the jail so, system.
1: So, do you th- do you think the Couple years he spent in prison. Are you saying he'd probably beat up because he was black? So, therefore, you think he probably, no, 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 no,
2: no. That's out, lot, if anything, I'm okay. saying the opposite actually because of his celebrity status. So, I'm wondering okay, well, he was a celebrity, yeah. so he probably reminisced a lot with the guards about, you know, how much the guards loved watching Fat Albert or loved hearing his comedy skit. That sort of thing.
1: Oh, yeah, because, I yeah, Bill Cosby. Yeah, Bill Cosby, because I remember he used to do all those fun voices, too. He could probably amuse people in prison and kind of keep himself safe that way, too. That's yeah. right. I, I haven't really thought about Bill Cosby's time in prison, but I just, because I've always liked Bill Cosby, I was, like, when he was in jail, I was praying for him and hoping for him. Um, I mean, and, like, I'm glad he's out, so.
2: I mean, I'm trying to avoid the whole issue of, whether he should have been in jail or not, because whether uh-huh. he committed the crime or not, we don't know all the facts. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Having said that, like I said, I mean, if someone like Martha Stewart goes to jail, her being ri- uh, you know, her being rich and all, what sort uh-huh. of life could he have had in the jail system? compared to what sort of life just the average thief gets in the jail system.
1: Okay, so he was... Do you understand what I'm saying? He may have been kept separate from the general... Yeah, so I can tell you what I think he may have experienced from what I know about our system here. Mm-hmm. Um, he may have been held separate from the rest of the population because of his celebrity. He probably... Because he had more money than the other inmates on the outside because like what when you're an inmate at a prison or an inmate at a place like where i was at you know you have you're limited for your funds and so you have people on the outside that give you funds right well because mm-hmm. bill cosby had so money so much money on the outside i'm sure his account at the prison always was flush right right where some of the other prisoners who didn't have a lot of money on the outside they they didn't have a lot of money in their on their accounts so they couldn't get cigarettes from the store at the prison or they couldn't get deodorant or toothpaste or those sorts of things, right? So I'm sure right. he had a different experience in prison that way as well right? Um, because of his celebrity and his, his fortune as a celebrity. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I'm sure the other inmates probably treated him differently. I mean, and like I said, he's an older person. I would think that just because the mere fact that he's an older person, the other inmates would not have beaten him up or would not have been cruel to him. But like I said, he's Bill Cosby, too. Who wants to be known for being up Bill Cosby in prison? I, <laughs> I hope nobody beat him up or did anything mean to him. I, see, I have friends who've been in prison, right? I've known at least three people who've been in prison, so they've told me about some of the stuff that happens. Yeah. And because Bill Cosby is Bill Cosby, because of his celebrity, because of his age, and because of his fortune, I just think his, his experience in prison was probably easier than the other people's.
2: Than most prisoners.
1: But I'm sure he's... I'm sure yeah, I'm sure he did his time, though, that he was given. Um, right. And I'm sure it was hard for him because being in prison, he didn't have access. He couldn't come and go at his leisure. He didn't have access to the same entertainment and education stuff we have on the outside here. He didn't have, you know, he didn't well, have those Yeah, And I understand so. what that's like because I didn't have the same freewheels for a long time. But all I'm saying is that's what I think his prison experience was probably like.
2: Well, I mean, we don't know that. For all we know, okay. he had a huge 70-inch television sitting in his cell, and he had a huge couch and, and a big king-size bed. We don't know.
1: Okay, so, my, guys, my battery's low. My battery's going to get my phone. So here, let me plug it in, okay? Okay. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah let me put my phone, in. I just realized I can plug it in. Okay. And then I'll be back. Yeah. You guys probably so, can't see me because uh, I – to my shower
2: just <laughs> so I, I, while Becca's over there killing herself uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> I, I I'm i gonna say this my we chair don't back actually, up hopefully
1: it didn't break.
2: Yeah we don't actually know what Bill Cosby's situation was like in prison because <sighs> as far as I know we didn't there were no documentaries on. Having said that it, it, it's interesting because did the color of his skin have anything to do with how he was treated in there? Because, like I said, institutional racism is rampant out there. And, you know, knowing out Where? Out where? Well, everywhere. All hey, over. Mick!
1: You, you, racism, or inner, systemic racism is rampant where? You said out there. Where is out there?
2: everywhere in every part of the of the government
1: in oh, whose government in every are you part, about mine or yours or the world
2: the world both okay. governments
1: well i mine, want some clarification
2: yours right. the world it's all okay. it's, it's mm-hmm. systemic racism is out there like crazy so one has to wonder you know what how Nick? go ahead
1: you know what? I don't think it's systemic systemic racism. I think it's humanity. Everybody is a victim. Everybody has a sob story. Everybody gets the short end the stick. Right. It's called humanity. It's called life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, like you and I are blind. We could piss and moan all day about how bad we have it compared to sighted people, but but it's it's what you decide to do with your life. True. And I have plenty of African-American friends who've decided not to sit around and complain about alleged systemic racism. They just go do something with their life. Well, I decided to not sit around and complain about how, how much better the society people had it than me and how they were robbing me of all these opportunities and stuff. I decided I was just going to go do something. So that's where I'm at with the whole systemic racism thing too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it's what you decide to do with, with what you have. It's you can only let this alleged systemic racism and alleged systemic uh, prejudice against disabled people, you can only use that as an excuse to hold you back for so long before you have to go do something with your life or you just die, right? Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. So,
2: I do. <sighs> and, and you know what? I, one has to wonder, are you thinking that way because you're white
1: I'm thinking this way because I'm a disabled person. And I have so many disabled friends who sit around and piss them on about about systemic prejudice because they're blind.
2: No, so and I, I get that. I think that.
1: systemic racism is just, uh, just as that. valid, and, right?
2: And that's not, that's not saying that it doesn't exist, but I'm wondering whether- it, it does
1: exist, but people can rise above it, is what I'm saying. I, I'm sure yes. there is some racism in our society, but, but if you, you have the ability to rise above it, or you can sit around and complain about it and say, that systemic racism or that prejudice against me because I'm blind is holding me back. Either you decide to ma- let that systemic racism or systemic prejudice against you because you're disabled hold you back, or you just say, well, I'm going to go do it anyway. I'm going to go take care of myself anyway, no matter what. Because you know what I mean?
2: How much choice so, so do you have? What I'm have? saying is the
1: individual. Like how
2: the, much choice do you have though you, have, you have the, the, that the, individual, system... has, the
1: individual
2: has hold on the individual has choice if you have if you have that choice of not letting it rise above you then what about what others think
1: it's not it's you don't let it hold you back Right. it's it's a matter it's it's your thinking
2: Hold on. If you can't get a job because some guy doesn't think you can do it because you're blind. I mean, it doesn't matter how much you advocate for yourself. If Buddy doesn't think you can do the job because you're blind, he's not going to give you that job.
1: Yeah, but. So you go get another job. I mean. Right. And the thing is, it's not so much that he's, it, it's its usually ignorance. It's why I he's agree. not letting you have the job because he doesn't know that, oh, oh, there's this tool available, right? So it, what I'm saying is it's not, it's not systemic racism or systemic prejudice, it's just ignorance. So these people just right. need to be taught. And when you look at it from that angle, that it's simply a matter of teaching people and starting to use our words, it becomes a lot easier to solve than, oh my God, there's systemic racism and systemic discrimination against the disabled in our country, right? When you well, realize not, it's a matter yeah. of the individuals changing their perspective so they don't let those things stop them.
2: Well, they don't let the things stop them, no, from trying. But know, you have to like, admit, it is it is those things that will often stop a person from succeeding.
1: So, so, so as, as a blind person, so let's say, let's say I had never crossed the street because I just believed what people were saying around me. Because the people who were around me, they were saying, oh, you can't never cross the street, right? Because I was blind, right? Mm-hmm. But, but then I went to a place where I learned more and I was around different people. So I was able to go cross the street. You know, when I was crossing streets and my folks back home found out I was crossing streets, they were shocked right and you know so it was a matter of like i said their ignorance but i knew better so i just decided to go do it and figure it out and that's why i'm saying the power is in the individual as an individual you have the power to go do it on your own even if other people don't believe
2: becca but here's the difference honey if you come across a situation where you want to cross the street but you can't because some idiot put a barricade there.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Yes, you can try to go around the barricade. Uh-huh. But that's the best you can do. What if there is no going around the barricade? What if you oh, have you listen.
1: to... You can go around, under, over, through. You can blow up barricades. I've done all kinds of barricades in my experience, Vic, if we're speaking metaphorically here. Right. There's all way all kinds of ways to get barricade out of your way. And it's so there again, it's all up to the individual how much effort are you willing to put into getting rid of those barricades in your life? Because the, the state can't stop you from, from doing anything. Like, look at me. I'm sitting here. My arms over my head. They can't stop me from waving my hands. What if I figured out how to make great money by waving my hands and become successful? They can't stop me from doing this, Vic. I don't care. I might figure out how to make money doing this. Well, all of us individuals have the ability to figure out how to make something successful of themselves, no matter what the state tells you. Like, what if I figure out how to dance great and I become a great dancer and I become famous and I become wealthy? Well, that was me as an individual doing that. Even though the state's saying, you're worthless, you're white, you can't do anything.
2: But I think, you know what? That's what I'm I think,
1: saying, Vic. It's
2: I, think, the powers in the I individual. think discrimination, I think discrimination, racism, prejudice is not, what's the word I'm looking for? A tangible Thing that you can essentially get rid of. I mean, you, the, one of the hardest things to get around is an idea, and and, and that, are, that's
1: why. So, can I tell you how I got around it by changing sure. my perspective? If you can't change the thinking of the people around you, then you need to mm-hmm. change your own thinking to to become stronger, so that you can see visions of what you want and you can work towards it no matter what the people are saying that are around you because they may be blind you wouldn't believe how many blind people I was surrounded by the people who were driving and doing all these other things but in reality they were much blinder than I was all those years I was blind and growing up in that society and living that life because mm-hmm. they were wrong they thought that I couldn't do a b c d and all the way through the alphabet I couldn't do anything because of my disabilities and they were wrong I had to teach them a better way I I had to show them a different way, right? And, and I think and so I think that's, that's the all. Key here. This is it's all about the individual. So and I think I- I if think the individual that's... lets the society convince them of something, then they'll be crippled by it. But it's it's really up to the individual, I think.
2: And I think that's the key here: that ignorance is a key part of racism and discrimination but not necessarily on the case of the person being discriminated against and i think that's where we run into problems a lot of the discriminators the racists the uh prejudiced people are ignorant and uh uh, you know there's a lot of ways that well, the government, the school system, the courts, and stuff play a major part in that because they don't ensure that these people have proper education.
1: Yeah, and and uh, I agree with you. Racism and prejudice are due to ignorance, and yeah. but it's not just our school systems. A lot of it is like our society, and our homes, and our neighborhoods. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because I wasn't. I wasn't exactly raised by people who think the way I do. I was raised by a lot of people that you would call racist, right? Mm -hmm. And because I saw that that was a wrong way to think, but I was a very small child. Like when I was hearing these words coming out of the the mouths of the adults around me, I knew they were wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was a bright girl. And Mm -hmm. to this day, I I know those ideas are wrong about racism and stuff, right? The idea Mm -hmm. that people are are different from me or you because of their skin color or their ethnicity or anything, right? Mm -hmm. And so because I grew up in a society that was very sheltered and very uh, ignorant and very close-minded and yes, very racist, I learned a better way, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I want our viewers to know. Like just because the people that raised you thought one way doesn't mean you have to think that way. You can realize that there's a better way to think. Right. And I, I think our generation is thinking better than generations before us were in that regard. I, agree. I I think we're, you know, we're more accepting of each other and we're more willing to love each other and, and c- have community with each other and live among each other. And, like basically be an American people. Well, I guess you're not in America, but here in America, that's what it feels like. Right. Right. Um, And here in the last several months, um, they've been trying to divide us here in America along racial lines and stuff like that. But I feel, I mean, I've always felt like like my neighbors that are different from me are my best friends. Like uh, the people I love hanging out with the most are my African American friends or my disabled friends or my gay friends or my Mexican friends or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, other than my sister, I don't think I have any friends that I, well, Actually, my best friend, I haven't even seen her in several years. She's in Washington. But I don't have any friends around here who are of the ethnicity of me, I don't think, other than my sister. Um, mm-hmm. My friend Yolanda is of a different ethnicity. Um, I haven't seen anybody else in quite a while, honestly, <laughs> because of the quarantine. But, but you know what I mean? like.
2: Yeah. No, I get you.
1: I just, at least here in America, we're all just Americans. It's not like, oh, well, that guy's Mexican. That guy's Chinese. That, that guy over there is from, from Russia, right? It's like, right. oh, you're from America? Oh, what's your heritage, right? So I don't know. To me, we're all just one. And maybe it's because I'm blind. It's easier for me to overlook skin color and stuff and differences. No, that I agree.
2: And I, I, I think I'm the same way.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think I'm the same way. That yeah. skin color doesn't matter to me so specifically that- because I'm blind. And therefore, I can't judge a person. So, has anybody by the way have any
1: recited? I've had sighted friends and family tell me that guy's wearing a nose ring, you know, or or that girl's got a belly button ring, or that girl's got green hair, or you know, the stuff that they look at or people and judge a person. Tattoos? Yeah,
2: no, I right. get it. Yeah,
1: right. And so th- <laughs> those are the people I always am. Gra- I gravitate. To to those situations if if someone's whispering in my ear stay away from that person they look different than you i'd like and go to that person right because those are the people that usually wind up being the best friends and we have like the coolest adventures together and stuff so
2: yeah yeah no i get it i get it
1: so honestly uh, maybe being blind helps give you a different perspective on that i would think
2: yeah who knows maybe we should blind everyone Who knows? Who knows? I mean, at the end of the day, well, you, I think you know, we so, need to if, eradicate ignorance.
1: So I, I cannot possibly advocate blinding everybody, right? But what if we <laughs> did? You and I would be definitely some of the... Uh, you and I and so many of our comrades in the NFB and stuff would be like the elite, right? Because we've been blind for so long. We definitely have an edge on everybody. So.
2: You know what? You need to watch blindness. The movie Blindness. Watch Blindness?
1: Blindness.
2: Yeah, it's about about the world going blind. blind. Is
1: it B-L-I-N-D-N-E-S-S? Yes. Really? Oh, wow.
2: Yeah. It's about the whole world going blind, except for a few key people and what they do with them.
1: It's called Blindness?
2: I believe it's called Blindness. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. It it was based on a Portuguese author's uh, book. And it was filmed here in right. Toronto.
1: Oh, okay.
2: But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was interesting.
1: Yeah, so, do you have anything else you want to talk about today? I think it doesn't look like Jim's going to make it back in, and I well, do I want think, to hold our viewers on if we're not.
2: Yeah, no, at this point, I think we've, we've, uh, pretty much exhausted the couple of topics we have covered.
1: Yeah. So, Vic, while I have your attention, though, when do you want to do the interview with me?
2: Well, uh, Vic, whenever you want to.
1: Okay. Well, send me and let me know what day and time you want me to, and if you want to do it over Zoom or whatever. So. Uh
2: huh. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait you, for that. You
1: have my email address and stuff, right?
2: I do, yes.
1: Okay, great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, okay, would you like to um, promote your channel or anything before I wrap up the show, Vic? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. Guys, if you want, uh, definitely go check out Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? And we just started a sister uh, channel called Zoe's Blind Kitchen Corner. So go check that out. Uh hopefully it'll prove to be a really good uh channel
1: great thank you so much Vic, and thank you guys for watching becca's world today i hope you enjoyed this episode of the by View. please like share and hit the subscribe button and email me at info at blue butterfly enterprises.com if you have anything you'd like to talk about peace out y'all that's a wrap okay. Thank you for watching Becca's World. Please like, share, and subscribe